It's been said that every quilt tells a story, and it's so true. But I also believe every quilter has a story to tell. I wanted to hear about the people behind these wonderful quilts and thought you'd enjoy hearing about their lives also. Welcome to A Quilter's Life. It's been exciting to see the quilting community grow so much in the last few years. Along with that, we are seeing more quilting podcasts being made. A few weeks ago, I had the privilege of interviewing Amanda Oros of Not Your Granny's Quilt Show. And while chatting with her, she told me about Lacey and Ashlyn of the Grateful Thread Podcast. Of course, I'm thrilled to get to share these quilting podcasts with you. On this episode, I get to chat with Lacey Messerly, one of the co-hosts of the Grateful Thread Podcast and owner of Messy Quilts. She strives to have open and honest communication with her clients to create a quilt to be loved forever. Lacey mentioned sending me pictures of the wonderful quilts we talk about, and they are posted on her episode page. So make sure to take a look at her beautiful work. Lacey, thank you so much for joining me on A Quilter's Life. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Now, I got to interview Amanda Oros, and during that interview time, she told me about you and your sister-in-law, Ashlyn, and it was so great to get to listen to your podcast and reach out to you. So thank you so much. Yeah, we are very grateful to be here. I'm here by myself, and I know Ashlyn is going to be with you at a different time, and I'm really excited that you chose to have us separately. I think that's going to be really fun for both of us to tell our stories from our sides. Yes, and then it will be fun to compare. Yeah, (laughs) yep. (laughs) Tell us about where you were born and raised. Yeah, so I was born in Idaho and then moved here when I was two and been here ever since. So sometimes I tell people born and raised in Utah, although I wasn't born in Utah. I've been here my whole life. I lived in Midvale for most of my life. And then now I reside in Eagle Mountain. So I haven't really moved much from the valley here in Salt Lake. So that's near Salt Lake City, right? Yeah, it's near Salt Lake City. I'm about 30 minutes south of Salt Lake. And I have just learned that I love the seasons in Utah. I love that it's hot in the morning and cold at night. And then it's winter and then it's summer. And it's just, I love it here in Utah. Share a special childhood memory. Man, this one was a tough question. A lot of my memories growing up were my dad and my family would spend time four-wheeling in a Jeep. We would drive to Park City and just spend the days. My dad worked a lot. My mom worked a lot. So our time together was pretty limited. So those Sunday afternoon drives were probably my favorite times growing up. I only have one sibling who is married to Ashlyn. So our family was really small. And yeah, our drives on Sundays were probably my best parts of growing up. I've been curious. So is your brother older or younger than you? My brother is five years younger than me. So we definitely have an age gap in that realm. And so I was just talking to a family member about how growing up, my brother was a lot younger than me. So by the time I graduated and moved out, he was still in junior high. So we as young kids, 
spent a lot of time together, but I feel like as we've gotten older, we've gotten to know each other and kind of rekindled our siblinghood again, if you will, because we just had such a big gap growing up. He's five years younger, so I'm the older and he's the younger. Ashlyn is your brother's wife, so can you tell me about when you first met her? Yeah. Again, since my brother is so much younger, I was already moved out and kind of doing my own life. And my brother, he went to the army and he met a girl and he showed up one day with this beautiful girl and said, guess what? We're going to have a baby. And it was so exciting for everybody at the time. And that's how I met her. I think I was in my early 20s and Nick was 21 and Ashton was about 19. And we just started life. He just showed up one day with her and we became friends right away. And then at the same time, my husband and I were trying to have a baby as well. So Ashlyn had her baby. And then right after that, I found out I was pregnant. And so over the next seven years, her and I ended up having kids at the same time and spent the next seven years having children. So between the two of us, we have seven kids. I have two and she has five. Wow. Yeah. It's been fun to like get to know her and watch her go through motherhood and then now getting into the quilting life and then now working together. I would have never dreamed 10 years ago when I met her, you know, when Nick brought her around that we'd be here now spending all this time together. So it's been really great. How fun. And after all those years, you have a sister that you never had. Exactly. Yep, exactly. And a lot of times I will tell people that it's my sister and not even say sister-in-law because she really does feel like a sister to me. Oh, cool. Before you started into quilting, what other employment did you have? So I actually did quite a bit of employment. I left high school and I worked at a grocery store. I worked at Albertsons for about 10 years. I started that when I was 16 as a bagger and then worked my way up. And then right when I graduated college, I went to the University of Utah and got a sociology degree and then changed my career. I worked at a courthouse for a couple of years with the intention of going to law school. And then after that, I found an attorney to work with. I worked with him for about two years. And that was the time that my husband and I got married and was about ready to start having kids. And he said to me, I think I want you to stay at home. And I said, I don't know how I feel about that. (laughs) And he said, well, let's just try it. So I quit all of that and then shifted to stay at home. And then I stayed at home for the next couple years and then thought, you know what, I'm going to try quilting to just give myself a hobby. And then that's how I started quilting. Lacey, is there anything else about your family that you wanted to share? You know, growing up, we had a really small family. It was really great for us. And then now in my life, in my family, I have two kids. So it's kind of interesting that I thought we were going to have a lot of children because we had such a small family growing up. I thought, oh, I'm going to go have a big family. But we had the two and they're closer in age than my brother and I are. And so it's interesting now that we have just the two babies. So it's the four of us again, and it's been really great. So life's been really good. Family is great. If you had the opportunity to talk to your great, 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 great grandchildren, what would you want them to know about you? Or what would you like to say to them? 
You know, I really love this question. And I think this is the one I've thought about the most in the last week. I think if I had a chance to tell them anything, it would be to trust yourself and to just trust what you're capable of doing. And you're capable of so much. You can do more than you think you realize is what I think I would tell them. As I'm getting older and having my own grandchildren and thinking about them having children someday, this question becomes more powerful to me, I think. It's what do we want our legacy to be? So that is great. Thank you for sharing. Now, besides quilting, are there other crafts that you have done or that you do? Yeah. Early in my life, when I was a teenager, I loved painting wood signs. It was back in the 90s when that was popular. There was a company called Wood Connections in Salt Lake Valley where you would go and buy wood, like essentially, and you would paint them and you'd have them for holidays. It would be like an Easter bunny for Easter or a Christmas tree. So I definitely did a lot of painting back then. I ended up for a little bit making like home signs that one said, live, laugh, love, you know, where I would hand paint it. I gave those for gifts for Christmas one year. And then that quickly turned to cross-stitching, which I really loved and did that for a couple years. And then after that, my grandma taught me how to crochet and crochet stuck with me for a long time as well. I loved that you can take crochet anywhere you go. And oftentimes now in the winter when there's nothing to do and it's cold, I like to pull out the crochet and do a couple rows. So definitely have been crafting my whole life. Whatever I can find my hands on, I would do. It is fun to keep our hands busy. Are there other hobbies that you do also? I love reading, if that's a hobby. It is. <laughs> I have two kids, so carpooling, I feel like at this point is a hobby. They're just getting into preteen life, so their social life and extracurriculars are definitely busy. But honestly, it always comes back to quilting, but playing with fabric, anything like that. Oh, and I love cooking. I guess I'd say I love cooking. I don't mind getting in the kitchen and getting dinner going. I like that as well. With a busy household, do you think ahead and have your meals all planned out or do you just get in there and figure out what you want to make? I'm definitely a meal planner. I love my Sunday meal planning. It's probably part of the hobby that I love is that I can sit down, I'll ask the family what they want that week and then just make out my meal plan. And then I actually make a grocery list in order of where it is in the grocery store (laughs) so that I can be very efficient in the grocery store as well. That's great. I know that's the way you're supposed to do it. So do you think any of these hobbies or other crafts show up in your quilting? Funny enough, I've been going back to cross-stitching a lot because I love using the technique called the easy piecing grid, where it's grid quilts pixel quilts, essentially. And you can take your cross stitch patterns and make them into your quilt. So it's been fun to make those connect together, seeing cross stitch patterns and saying, I think I could do that with fabric on the grid and I'm going to try it out. Cross stitch was also my hobby before quilting. 
in, I had a cross-stitch pattern maker program and was able to make my own cross-stitch patterns. So when I started quilting, I started designing quilts on my cross-stitch pattern designer. (laughs) Wow, that's really cool. (laughs) So I can see easily how you can make those cross-stitch patterns into quilts. That is really neat. Who introduced you to quilting or how did you begin to quilt? Yeah. So as I mentioned, I did the schooling for a couple years and then settled down and got married. I had my first baby in 2013. And like many people I do talk to, postpartum hit pretty decent with that first kid. It was it was really tough. And so shortly after my first baby was born in 2013, I had quit working. And my mom was a very is is still a very avid quilter. She's a very technical quilter. She's an incredible quilter, to be honest. And I said, you know, mom, I would like to spend more time with you. Her and I hadn't really had a close relationship prior to that. And I said, teach me how to quilt. I want to see what you're doing. I love this idea. I love the colors you pick. Like, can you just show me some basics? And so it's funny because the story is that one of the first things she taught me how to do is she found a pattern that included flying geese that were two inch by three inch. (laughs) And that was the first thing she tried to teach me. And I quit really fast (laughs) because those are hard to make. And so we tried doing that and I gave it up. And six months later, I went back to her and I said, okay, can we try this again? But can we like go back to the beginning and try something a little bit easier? And she said, yeah, let's do that. So we went down to our local quilt shop and found a cute little quilt kit that had just square on square, like just rows and columns. Like you didn't actually make a block. You just put the squares together. And she sat down and just went right to the very beginning and said, okay, you do, you know, you put your rows and you put your columns together. And then it all clicked. And I said, okay, I think I like that. Let's go back to the flying geese now. Show me how you did that again. So, and ever since my mom's been a great inspiration because her quotes are really amazing. What a wonderful mom to be able to take that step back and realize, okay, we do need to start at a different point. Yep, it was really good. Do you have a favorite quilt? I do have a favorite quilt. I actually have two favorite quilts. I sent both of them to you. One of my favorite quilts that I've made actually isn't mine. I didn't end up keeping it. So 2020, like many of us, my sojo was gone. Like I, I didn't sew much. I sewed a couple masks, but I basically closed the door. You know, I, I didn't really want to do much in there. And right after that, I had somebody on Instagram message me and say, hey, I see you're a quilter. Is there any way you can make me a quilt? I have this idea that I want it to look like lips. It's called the lips quilt with teeth showing. And she said, I I want it to look like a pixel quilt. Can we design this together? And she had drawn a rough sketch. And I said, that's funny. I've wanted to try this technique called the easy piecing grid. I can use that process and make this quilt for you. And she said, I would love you to do that. So her and I collaborated together and I ended up making this lips quilt for her son. And that has by far been my favorite quilt because I think it really got me out of my sojo you know, my slump. And it really pushed me creatively. 
shortly after that, which is funny because it's total opposite is my nephew graduated high school and my sister-in-law said, will you make a t-shirt quilt? And I said, I've always wanted to try to do that, you know? So I took all the jerseys and t-shirts and made a t-shirt quilt. And so ever since that day, I now lean into making t-shirt quilts for people and commission quilts for people. (laughs) So I've been doing that ever since. So I think that those are my two favorite because it's really put me in a realm of confidence. I love making t-shirt quilts now. That's kind of where it all started. That is so neat. The t-shirt quilts, people either, I made one, I'm never making one again, or I fell in love with the process. So you're one that fell in love with the process. Yep. Yep. Definitely. And that lips quilt, we need to go take a look at that one because it is such a happy quilt. It is. It was a very happy quilt. And the client I made it for, her Instagram is very bright and fun. So that's why it's been really fun to work directly with her. We just brought it to life from a sketch to a quilt. And that, like I said, is really what helped me propel myself into, okay, I think I actually am a great quilter. Because I think a lot of us quilters can kind of get imposter syndrome a little bit and think that maybe we're not doing what's right or what's cool. But You just got to stick with what your gut says. Uh Uh-huh. And that quilt is so unique. When it popped up in my email, I was like, wow, that's neat. Thank you. What tool are you so happy that you have? I love my, it's called a stripology ruler. It's fairly new to the market. And it's essentially a ruler that has slits in it. And you can cut squares really fast. So you would measure two inch squares and you put your piece of fabric down, you put the ruler on top and you slide your rotary blade between these two slits and just slide it and cut two inches, two inch all the way down your yard of fabric, let's say. And then you turn your fabric and then do it again. And you have all your squares cut in no time. That is a great tool. When you're quilting, do you like each step along the way or do you have a favorite part of the process? I had to think about this one because I know what I don't like. (laughs) I really don't like binding, but I don't think often about my favorite part. I think my favorite part is pulling the fabrics and cutting the fabrics. I tend to get to the point where About midway or 60%, I think, okay, I'm done with this. I want to see it finished, which is probably why I don't love binding. So definitely the beginning is my favorite. And on your podcast the other day, you had a unique question in a way that connects here. But when you're all done with a quilt, are you ready to jump into the next one or do you need to take a break? That's a great question. Ash and I differ in this way. Ashlyn, I think, has hers already ready. I need a couple days to process. And I don't know if that's my age. That could be me getting older. But I definitely need a couple days. I feel like I have a lot of ideas in my brain. I kind of take a minute to appreciate that quilt that I just finished and say, I'm going to give it its space of like enjoyment before I jump into the next one. I don't think it's age. I just think it's difference in personality myself. (laughs) But I thought that was an interesting take on it. 
share your worst quilting experience? This one was hard to think through because I can't think of anything that's happened to me personally in a quilt. One of the things that I've seen is online trolls are the worst of people critiquing quilts. I think the worst quilt experience I've seen, which is just sad, is being at a quilt show overhearing other people talk poorly of other people's quilts. It's sad. And I want the quilting community to be supportive, you know, and obviously people can have their opinions about what quilts are, but to like tear down somebody else is really sad to me. So nothing's ever happened to me personally, as far as anything with a quilt. A couple of weeks ago, I almost long armed a pin into a quilt, (laughs) but I caught it just in time. So yeah, nothing that's been bad so far. That would have been really hard to take out if you had quilted that in. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, those quilt police can be discouraging. Yes. I had the opportunity, along with my husband, to speak at Podcast Movement this past year, and I was able to use the quilt police as an example and change it. I said, in the quilting world, we have the quilt police, and for them not to let the podcast police deter us. So we bought a hat that said police on it. And my husband put this hat on and tried to yank me out and say, you're arrested for doing this thing wrong on your podcast. That's (laughs) so funny. That was a lot of fun. Why do you make quilts rather than spending your time doing something else you might enjoy? That sounds funny too, because I thought, why do I make quilts? (laughs) Sometimes the quilt isn't happening how you want. And sometimes it can be really frustrating if it's not working out how you want. But I feel like it always comes down to, I love bringing joy to other people. I primarily make quilts for other people. I think in the last 10 years, I have three quilts I've ever made myself. I love bringing the joy that when other people can't do it, of sharing that gift with other people. I love that quilting can bring out that side of your brain that just slows down in this fast world of instant. The quilts aren't instant. Quilts take time and quilts have steps. And it helps me just realign and remember that we just need to slow down. That's so good to remember because at times we do like, why is this taking so long? I expected it to go really quick. On the other hand, (laughs) I can go into my sewing room and realize, wow, I've been in here for four hours. Wasn't it just an hour ago I came in here? Right. So who do you usually make your quilts for? It's usually clients. It's usually people who hire me. A lot of t-shirt quilts. I love making t-shirt quilts. Obviously, the fall and graduation are my busiest time. But then on my off season, which is about January, February, and July and August, I typically take on commission quilts. I'll have people reach out and say, I have this idea for a quilt. And I'll you know work with them. I recently made one this spring of a family tree with handprints on it that was really fun to bring together for a 50th wedding anniversary. And like I said, being able to show people what's possible in quilting, it's not just your traditional quilt blocks that you can really make some pretty cool stuff. And bringing that to life for them is really great. And it really is a joy for me to do for them. I'm curious on those handprints. Did they trace their hands and then you put them into the quilt? Uh And 
were they applique or how did you do that? Yeah, so the handprints were copied. The family members got them from the family members. And then they were given to me and we put heat bond on the back of them and then placed them on the quilt. And then I machine applique every single one of them. <laughs> there were 90 hands. And yeah, just applique it on machine. I don't hand applique very often, if ever, I don't think. I love machine applique. It gets a little bit of the fringe on it. And I just stitched everyone down. I think it took me five hours, maybe six hours to machine stitch every one of those. I thought you were going to say five days. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was like an afternoon. I locked myself in my room and just went around every single hand and every single finger. Wow. So did your back and arms ache after that? (laughs) Yes. I definitely, after that one, took a couple weeks off. That one was an intense one. And I'll make sure to send that one over as well. Are you working on a special project right now? No, luckily, I just finished a commission quilt that was pretty intense. It took about 64 hours for me to finish it. So I am a little bit taking a couple days to kind of reconfigure. But I do have lines of t-shirt quilts ready for my love. So I'm ready to shift out of fabric and blocks and then shift into t-shirt quilts. Kind of how my schedule goes is I do a little this and then a little that. And then I get sick of t-shirt quilts. And then I go back to the other things. So. Yep. Getting ready for t-shirt quilts again. (laughs) Describe your sewing space. I am lucky enough to have a room with a door. So upstairs next to our bedroom, our kids are downstairs and my husband works at home. So he works next to me in his office and I have a little studio with this great window and I've got my long arm in there and my domestic machine and my cutting table. And it's just a little bedroom and I can shut the door when I'm done with it, which is really nice. It's great to have a place that we can leave our stuff out. I'm amazed in in awe of the people that have to pick it all up and get it all out again. Oh yeah, same. (laughs) And it's amazing how our quilting kind of takes over the house sometimes. That's true because my studio doesn't have enough room to have it like laid out for design layout. So I oftentimes will have to pull things and put it into the front room. And my husband just rolls his eyes like, oh boy, your stuff's seeping out of your room. (laughs) Yeah. The house we live in was built by my husband's great grandparents and it was built with a sewing room, but I've taken over the sewing room and the two front bedrooms. And last week, my daughter was over and I said, and I need to lay out this quilt. So I'm laying it out in the parlor. (laughs) She said, does dad know you're taking over another room? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's funny. Uh, Share a quilting tip. My quilting tip is to, I don't, I don't think I have anything technical. Because sometimes, although I've been quilting for 10 years, I still feel like I'm new. I still feel like I'm learning all the things. But a lot like what I would tell my grandkids is that you trust your gut on what you're making. If you feel like it should be made a certain way, make it that way. Going back to the quilt police. There's no quilt police. Don't let the quilt police get to you and just make what you want to make and how you want to make it. 
I recently got into machine binding because I don't like binding. And instead of torturing myself with hand binding, I just started machine binding. And I love it now because I get my stuff done quickly. So my tip is to just trust the process and trust yourself. Describe how you went from having quilting as a hobby and now it's become a business for you. Yeah, so I can genuinely say I didn't plan on being here as a business all these years later. I definitely started as a hobby to pass time with my littles at home. But when I made the t-shirt quilt for my nephew and had great feedback from family and the community, I then started having people ask me, well, can you make this for me? I would like one. And as anybody knows who does transition from hobby to business, you kind of have to get your ducks in a row because people were asking me the same question over and over. And I finally told my husband, I think I just need to get a website with all the information. So I'm not spending time answering the same question over and over. And then I got a website and then, okay, well, I'm going to figure out how much I can make to break even and make a little bit more, you know? And then it was like, the next thing happened and the next thing happened. So I can't say that I woke up one day and said, oh, I'm going to be a quilting business. I definitely think it's been a process of two years and it's slowly evolving. Like it has not happened overnight and I'm really grateful for it. I will say that I am kind of surprised that I am as far as I am because I wasn't expecting to be here, I think. So (laughs) it's been really good. It's been a slow process, but it's been a good slow process because I'm not sure I could have done it all overnight. Yeah. Again, I think that's in personality. Some people like, oh, I want a business and I'm going to quilt. And other people, I enjoy quilting and all of a sudden it's their business. (laughs) Exactly. Share the name of your business and how did you come up with it? Yeah. So my business name is Messy Quilts. And for a long time, I thought about changing it. A lot of people get a little bit confused by it, but my last name is Messerly. And funny enough, my husband in high school, he obviously is Mike Messerly. He was called Messy in high school. That was his nickname. His older brother was named Mess and he was named Messy all through high school. And so I was like, when I opened my Instagram in I think 2015 for quilting, I just was like, oh, Messy Quilts, that'll be easy and kind of funny. And I like my name, but not really. And it just has stuck. Like I've considered changing it, but I love how short it is. And I love it's just tactful and it's my last name. So, Well, it ties all together. Of course, when I first saw Messy Quilts, I had not seen your last name. So I was <laughs> right. curious about that. And then when you told me your full name, I was like, oh, it, it just hit. So that is fun. So you had done the t-shirt quilt for your nephew, and then you started making t-shirt quilts, but you also started long-arming. How did that come about? Yeah, so this is where my world of business collides and where I feel like I am still trying to figure out my path of business. It's, again, the slow burn, right? I did my nephew's t-shirt quilts and then spent a year and made a lot of t-shirt quilts in 2021. The problem was, is I was making the t-shirt quilts, but then sending them out to get long-armed. And so I wasn't making a lot of money. Like I was getting money, but then I was giving it to a quilter. I went to my husband and I said, look, I think I need to invest in a long arm, (laughs) you know, and you have like your spreadsheet of why I need to do this. 
And I said, if I can quilt my own quilts for the t-shirt quilts, I can have that profit and pay off the machine as I go. And he said, that's actually a great idea. And then we have a long arm in the family, you know, my sister-in-law quilts, my aunt quilts, my mom quilts, and the joy of being able to quilt my own quilts, my own personal quilts was really great. Like just the idea of having it was really appealing. And then having two girls, I thought, you know, this might be a really good investment for the next 20 years to have a long arm. So I got the long arm actually just barely last September. So I've only had it a year with the intention of sewing my t-shirt quilts to help finish them. So in the meantime, I've sort of been long arming for people edge to edge, close friends and family, and with my name out there. So it's still very small. My library is very small. It's just enough to get me going and I can help people out when they need it. It's been a good transition, but that's where I need to figure out if I want to push the long arming. I feel like I'm good where I'm at right now. (laughs) So when someone brought you a quilt to be quilted, that obviously wasn't a quilt that you had made. When they brought you their quilt to be quilted, was that exciting or scary? I had put my business card in one of the local quilt shops just to try to get my name out there. And I get this call from this sweet client and she says, hey, my quilter isn't quilting anymore. I just got your address. Can I come bring a quilt? It was my first client. It was a cold call client and she shows up and it was the scariest thing. (laughs) She said, I haven't been able to find a quilter I love. And I said, well, what kind of pattern do you want? Do you want florals? Do you want geometric? Oh, I don't care. Just breathe life into the quilt. Just do what you do best. And I had only quilted a handful of quilts at that time. I had ideas for her quilts, but I was like, well, do you want this? Oh, I don't care. (laughs) Like, okay. So I took these quilts from her and quilted them. And when she picked them up, she absolutely loved them. But I will tell you, it was definitely stressful. They were on my long arm for a couple of days before I finally pushed the go button because it's that instinct that you have to trust. They hired you and they are sending it to you for a reason because they trust you. Wow. I can't imagine. When she came, did you have anything there to show her how your work looked or you just had to talk about it? We just talked about it. I asked her if she wanted to look at my book or look at the options I had. And she just kept saying, oh, no, just breathe life into it. I trust you. And, you know, she's still a client to this day. I still get her quilts. So she must really love me, (laughs) which is really great because I'll see her order come in and I just want to hug her because I don't think she realizes how big a deal. She was my real first client and it's been a good pair to be with her. That's amazing. You and Ashlyn started a podcast. What was it, this last year? Yeah, January. And share the name of your podcast. Our podcast is called The Grateful Thread Podcast. And can you take us through the steps or your thought process? You guys thinking, oh, let's do a podcast. (laughs) Yeah. So in the fall of 2022 and, you know, Ashlyn's story, she can fill in her side of the story. She had just started quilting. So Ashlyn came to me in the fall of 2022 and said, I want to start a podcast about quilting. And I laughed at her and I said, okay, no, you don't. And a couple of days later, she 
sent me a message again and she's like, no, I'm being serious. I would love to start a podcast and I would love to work with you, which was even really, really fun. Like I was really touched that she would have enough confidence and faith in me that I could go alongside her with that. Cause you know, you, you read the stories of not to go into business with your family. And so we took the steps at the beginning to ensure that our relationship would stay intact and that business would be on one side and family would be on another and sat down and had a serious planning meeting and said, okay, do we really want to do this? And I said, okay, what's the worst case, you know, like, let's try it and see what happens is what we said in the fall of 2022 and jumped right in. And it's working. That's great. (laughs) Yeah, it's been surprisingly amazing. We have a great community and honestly, getting, being able to meet people like you and people in the community saying that they need and love having the community through the podcasting has probably been the best part. Not to mention being able to spend so much time with Ashlyn. It's been really good for our relationship. Yeah, because family business can make or break a relationship. Yeah. Is there anything else about your business or your podcast that you wanted to share? Our podcast definitely is trying to reach community where we support each other. Our hashtag is, and we stand by the motto of you can sit with us. I feel like uh, quilting can be an introverted, you know, sport and you can kind of get into your own brain and then you add the quilt police. It can be kind of isolating. And so we really wanted to start a community that was come sit with us, share your experiences, tell us about your life a lot like you're doing with the quilter's life, share your story. Everybody has a story and we're all here to support each other. And we want to build this community from new millennials of new quilters to all the generations before us and honor the people before us as well. That's what we're here to do. Great. Thank you so much. Now share where we can find Messy Quilts and also the Grateful Thread Podcast. Yeah, so you can find me, MessyQuilts.com, Lacey Messer, which is MessyQuilts.com. And then you can find the podcast at TheGratefulThreadPodcast.com. All of us are on Instagram as well. So MessyQuilts and The Grateful Thread Podcast. Great. And those links will also be on your episode page on A Quilter's Life. Awesome. Lacey, thank you so much for sharing your story on A Quilter's Life. I had so much fun visiting with you today. Oh, me too. It was so good to get to know you. And I hope that everybody out there can just keep creating. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. You can find more stories on aquilterslife.com or subscribe on your favorite podcast player so each episode will be downloaded automatically. Also, I want to hear about you and your wonderful quilts. Please contact me, Paula Chamberlain, through the website to set up an interview. And as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.